In the 40,000 year time scale, we're all the same people. We're all equally primitive, give or take two or three thousand years here, or hundred years there. Gary Snyder, The Old Ways One day, I was walking to my friend's place, and I was excited. We would watch Das Boot, the extra long director's cut. I had found a passion for history a bit earlier, and when something aroused my interest, I would end up ordering all the movies, books and games from the subject. It didn't really matter if it was ancient Rome, Napoleon, or something like Lancaster Bomber. I would bury myself with anything related to that topic. But this time stands above all the others. Now, Dustboot is an intense movie. If you have seen it, well, if you haven't, you know the movie type. It's the one that gets your imagination pacing. You start to think about the characters and their lives, about their culture, the era, and the place they lived in. And you want to learn more. Well, we got to talking too. We talk about their ordeals, what kind of lives they lived, and of course, we started to think if Europe had that U-boat model somewhere, and maybe we could visit it? It turns out there was. Just one, but one is all we needed. We ended up flying to Germany and visiting Labo Naval Memorial. Fantastic, thought-provoking and touching place. You should definitely visit if you happen to be in northern Germany. But for me, as educational and fun the trip was, it gave me so much more. I realized that my friend who just got on a plane with me to see some hunk of metal, he was a friend who shared my passion for history and my quirks. Someone I hoped I would have in my life as long as I lived. And it has hold true to this day. Sometimes history can make us see the obvious in our lives. Even though we as species don't evolve that much over time, our lives certainly do. Finland podcast, episode 1, The Peninsula, 12,000 to 5,200 BCE. Welcome back. If you're sitting and it's safe, I'd like you to close your eyes for a moment and just imagine what kind of lives do you think the humans lived in Northern Europe 7,800 years ago in what is now called Mesolithic period. So, basically the image that comes to your head when you're thinking about Stone Age. Got it? Good. The year is 5800 BCE, late Mesolithic period. An early spring sun is rising. Osfrid wakes up, yawns a few times. And rises from his bearskin bed. 
his kids and their mother are still asleep. He walks out of his oval-shaped cottage. They live in a small village, and the grass middle of the village is almost bare. Patches of snow cover it here and there. This is going to be a grand day, he thinks. While he is watching, sunrise over the almost frozen river. He walks behind his cottage to the woods, where the village has a burial mound on top of the small hill. He prays for a good hunting from his ancestors and from his family's totem animal, the bear. By the time he gets back, some of the other 80 tribesmen have already woken up. They share some dried beef and seal meat. After some planning and goodbyes to the family members, they make sure they have all their equipment. Bow, bow and arrows, spears, portable cottages and food for a few days with them. And at last, they take off with the blessings from the village shaman. First, they check the nearby lake. They know that the seals come to breathe on the holes of the ice. The ice is thin this time of year, so they only send the lightest hunters. In summertime, they could have used Osfrid's boat to catch some fish. Boat is Osfrid's pride and joy. It is the biggest boat in the village, and it has some nice decorations like horse head trimming. Seals are usually easy prey for their bone spears, but after waiting patiently till midday, they move on. No luck this time. At shore, they make a small fire and eat a little bit more of their dried beef and fish. After that, they still have just enough daytime left to check the hunting pits. They have four of them close to each other on a nearby clearing where the moose migrate. Jackpot! They find wounded moose in the first pit. They finish it off with rocks and drag it out of the pit. Osvrid, as the most seasoned hunter, skins the animal with his stone knife. They pack the meat and the rest of the carcass in their sled and head to their normal camping site. There they set up their portable huts. Little did Osfrid knew, but this was his last day alive. He is found dead in the morning at the ripe age of 46. In the morning, rest of the party call off the hunting trip and move Osfrid's body back to the village. There they mourn him and he gets buried near the village with his ancestors. Lying on his back, clothed, he is accompanied by his stone knife swan's wings and bear's head. Finally, the body is sprinkled with red ochre and covered. Story of Osfrid is of course fiction. He didn't leave passport behind, so we can't tell what he was called. But archaeological evidence points that the rest of his story is possible. Stories like this gives us a glimpse of what life could have been like in peninsula called Finland 7,800 years ago in Mesolithic Stone Age, 8,850 to 5,200 BCE. For a quick tour, Finland is situated in northern Europe, 
part of the Nordic countries, between Sweden to the west, Norway to the north, and Russia to the east. Almost flat, with the highest point being just over 1300 meters from sea level, with hundreds of thousands of lakes. Finland is also the sixth most swampy country in the world. And there our journey begins, 6000 years before Osfrid was born, at the end of the last ice age, called Vistulian glaciation. Now, we must talk a little bit about cave called Wolf Cave in Kristinestad on the shores of Osterbotnia, region in western Finland. Because there's a fascinating debate still going on about the content of that cave. From that cave, they found tools that looked like they were made by humans, and archaeologists have been arguing over 20 years if they were man-made or just rocks shaped by nature. Now, if they were man-made, let's say made by Neanderthals or some other early human, that would make Wolf Cave the earliest place humans inhabited it in Northern Europe. The tools would be at least 70, possibly over 120,000 years old. You can see these tools in National Museum of Finland and compare them to the tools made by Neanderthals and even vote if you think the tools found from Wolf Cave are man-made or not. In January 2020, the results were that 62% of visitors thought that they were man-made. Majority of archaeologists disagree. Since it's not certain, we will begin our story much later from the Mesolithic Stone Age. But before we get into that, we might talk a little bit about time periods and chronology and how they differ between Finland and rest of the Europe. Time periods being more or less artificial anyway, this is highlighted with our case. Finland has always gone her own paths. Paths that dragged her behind rest of the Europe by hundreds of years. As an example, Middle Ages are usually dated starting from the fall of the Roman Empire, late 400 CE. But the time period called Middle Ages started in Finland over half millennium later. And we must take into account that the coastal regions and inland developed at a very different pace. So, what does that mean to us? We could divide the time periods even further so that the coastal regions go from Stone Age to Bronze Age, while inland cultures go from Stone Age to Early Metal Age. That is because chronologically it is not Stone Age anymore, even though the culturally inland was by nature living in Stone Age. But don't worry, the fact that the different cultures in different parts of Finland were living in differently named periods don't need to mean that much to us. It is enough that we know that the coastal regions developed faster than inland. If there is something more relevant and important in that, we will explore them in detail when we get there. So, everyone still awake? 
good. When Vistulian glaciation started to recede over the area now called Finland 12,000 years ago, and temperatures started to rise over the next thousands of years. First, melted ice produced Baltic Ice Lake, circa 12,500-9,600 BCE, but the surface of the Baltic Ice Lake was higher than the ocean floor, until fall bed formed in Sweden and water level equalized, producing Yoldia Sea, 9,600-8,800 BCE. Don't worry too much with this. We have some pictures on Facebook to make the different seas and lakes more clear. Earth's crust began to rise when ice wasn't pressing it down anymore, and so Yoldia Sea lost its connection to the ocean. That produced freshwater lake called Angles Lake, circa 8800 to 7200 BCE, and later Salty Litorina Sea, circa 7200 BCE, predecessor to modern Baltic Sea. Early fauna and flora. As climate warmed rapidly, the first deciduous trees appeared, followed by pine. In warm period, 6000 to 2500 BCE, came the trees like oak and maple. They covered most of the Finland before climate began to cool again around 4000 to 3500 BCE making it possible for the spruce to arrive around 3000 BCE. Moose and deer were a big part of early human diets. Bears, beavers and possibly even some mammoths still roamed the forest for a while before going extinct. Also, sea had different kind of seals, which were easy prey and provided lots of meat. Animal hides were used as clothes and different bones could be used as tools. Now, since the earth kept rising, eventually the ring seal got trapped in bigger lakes like Lake Saimaa, Lake Ladoga and Lake Payanne. With earth rising and temperatures changing, different kinds of fish appeared, but that also meant that even river currents changed directions. That meant that animal hiking trails and nesting areas changed rapidly too, maybe even during a lifetime. Real estate develops, from hunter-gatherers to permanent settlements. The first inhabitants started to migrate to the area way back in 9000 BCE. They were mostly hunter-gatherers, almost to the Iron Age. They came from every direction from south and east. A bit later, when the ice receded further, inhabitants came from north too, from today's Norway and Sweden. They arrived over thousands of years in small tribes, maybe in groups of just few families. There certainly wasn't Finnish people that just arrived and inhabited the peninsula. Like any other people, we are the result of thousands of years of migration and gene mixing from every direction. Lovely and healthy. 
early humans had experienced and knew that getting spouse from bit far away produced healthier babies. So, while trading in the next tribe, it's possible that they were looking for spouses too. Early settlers most likely came to the peninsula that was teeming with wildlife, had thick forests, and maybe they were even able to see the retreating ice at their hunting trips. Of course, the ice didn't go straight up like some icy El Capitan, but it might have been still visible to the naked eye and majestic nonetheless. Inhabitants that we speak in the early episodes came from an inhabited regions around modern-day Finland. Genetically, if the distinction is reasonable, Finland has Finns and Sami people. Linguistically, they separated around 2000 years ago. What language was spoken before that is a bit hazy. Only few words and place names survive. Modern Sami people live in an area called Sapmi that covers northern parts of modern Norway, Sweden, Finland and Russia. In Finland, there are around 10,000 Sami people. Later, we will have a dedicated episode to the Sami people. Fun fact. Finns living in Western Finland are genetically closer to Swedes than to the Finns of Eastern Finland. There are also other big differences between Western and Eastern Finns, but more on that on our next episode. At first, new arrivals didn't stay permanently. New area was safe to scout in summertime and returned to wherever they came from for winter. They most likely moved with seasons. But returning to the same places year after year. So, their hearts needed to be portable. Only late in the Mesolithic period do we see more permanent settlements, at which point they might have been living in the same area even throughout the year. This happened when environment stabilized and the best hunting areas started to be occupied. Habitations needed good transport routes, which meant rivers or other water access. Those you could use by boat, and sled or skis by winter. The more permanent huts later in the Mesolithic period were rectangular and had one or two hearts. They were dug partially to the ground and were made from wood and had perch bark or a peat cover. So not exactly Instagrammable. We will have a bit more detailed look on the later housing from the Neolithic period on episode 3. Around 8500 BCE, Finland was populated by people now called Suomusjärvi culture. Usually this culture is connected to several new types of tools like bow gavel and beveled arrowheads. Now, when we speak of cultures, it is somewhat generalization. It doesn't fully capture the diversity of life. They weren't static. They were always changing and finding new ways to cope 
with forever changing environmental factors. Neolithic Stone Age, Bronze and Early Metal Age has around 20 different ceramic cultures in their variations. We are not gonna cross that Rubicon and cover all of them. Instead, we're gonna keep casually talking about early inhabitants and mention their different cultures if it has some purpose. Show notes will provide extra information for the curious listeners. By 8300 BCE, southern Finland was well known and it had permanent settlements. Northern Lapland, that's the eastern side of northern Finland, had to wait almost a thousand years more, and Fell Lapland, the western side, even longer, until 6800 BCE, at the end of the Mesolithic period. Whole Finland, but very, very sparsely, was populated at the end of the Mesolithic period, around 5200 BCE. Tools of trade and diet. We have some old tools like fishing net called Andrennet from Karelian Isthmus circa 8300 BCE, but that is rare. Mostly we have evidence of tools like spears and arrows. Spearheads and arrows were made from bones or different kind of stones. Pit hunting was also popular later in Mesolithic period. At first, they were passive. Hunters dug some pits, covered them and waited. The trapped animal was easy to finish off. After some intense brainstorming, they discovered something called active pit hunting. And that too we will cover on episode 2. Stone Age people used a sledge and skis in the winter. The oldest sled runners are from 8000 BCE. Summertime they walked or used boats that were carved from wood or made from animal hides. Besides seals, deer and moose, early human diet on peninsula consisted largely from fish, but they also ate rabbit, beavers, foxes and birds. Plants, berries and mushrooms was also part of their diet and they knew how to preserve and store them for the winter. Beliefs Animism, shamanism and ancestor worship was the order of the day. That means that the humans in the Mesolithic period believed that the animals and plants had a spirit. You could communicate with this spirit. Kind of the same thing that Star Wars has with the Force, but without the levitating objects. For example, by painting animals and praying for good hunting luck from them. Possibly they also saw natural phenomena like weather, thunder and rain as being a living godly beings. Rock formations that resembled human or animal forms, served as holy places. Early hunter-gatherers buried their dead in racks, in trees or on ground. They also feared the spirits and didn't want them too close, so 
they buried them on the other sides of currents or on islands. Some Sami people buried their dead on the surface of the earth or near the surface, still in the 17th century. Later, in the Mesolithic period, people started to bury their dead underground and close by to their settlements. By this time, ancestors were respected and valued. Perhaps they even asked for advice from the spirits. Dead were laid to the grave, usually on their back, with their clothes on. There is evidence that some graves contained objects made of rocks, like daggers, and others had moose heads or snake figures made of bones. Dead were then sprinkled with red ochre. Now, while there hasn't been evidence from farming from Mesolithic period, it is possible that they had connections and maybe they were trading with the farming people. Burying underground suggests that they claimed the area for themselves and had settled there. Graves also tell of religious rituals and this might be evidence of contact with farming cultures. Next time we proceed to the start of the Neolithic period, which started when Europe began farming and animal husbandry, but here on our peninsula, Neolithic period starts from production of ceramic objects. But that is the story for our upcoming episodes. Thank you all for joining and be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to. That helps a great deal for others to find this podcast. We'll talk later.